I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. I'm ready. All right. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki, and I'm here tonight with my dear friend, very longtime friend and friend of the show, John Etta Rhodes. Howdy. Howdy. Howdy, howdy, <laughs> howdy. How does it feel to be back in front of the microphone? It's weird. Isn't it weird? It's been a really long time. It feels good, though, right? It does. It does feel good. Feels, I, it, yeah. I always enjoy having a nice sit down with you and yeah, having a drink or a J or whatever we're feeling or like. some coffee or, or a ton of coffee, ton of coffee, which ton. we've had tonight and yeah. you can probably tell <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of coffee today. Like I've had a lot of coffee recently and I need to come to terms with the fact that, um, coffee makes me anxious. Oh, it doesn't me. Yeah. Fortunately, or I would not function. Yeah. Also, if you hear that little click-clack sound in the background, you might remember that Oscar was our resident click-clacker back in the day. R.I.P. Oscar. Penny is click-clacking tonight, so... Welcome, Penny. Yeah, she should lay down in a little while and, you know, settle down, but she's got a Kong right now and she's going to town on it. So anyway, uh, what have you been up to? Well, um, as you know, Mm -hmm. there was this, like, global pandemonium that kind of happened. The Panini. (laughs) The Panini, yes. Yeah. And so, essentially, I just kind of quit doing everything. I get that. I mean, I did a, I did a little bit of stuff. I, I did. I picked up some work here and there and then whatever. But, like, creatively, I was just like, fuck everything. Oh, I get that. And so, in the last six months, I've been picking up, like, the four books that I finished to try to, like, edit them. Mm-hmm. And then I... What else did I do? I have well I have a lot of other plans I've got a lot of outlines for even more books and yeah. I've almost finished another two so that's like six fucking books I've got to edit yeah and I don't want to deal with them and then I'm also writing a non-fiction novel that I'm hoping will be finished by December hopefully so that, so. So that it can maybe come out in January yeah. and if you are a writer and you want to know anything about writing romance John Etta is your girl Specifically smut. Specifically smut. <laughs> she, she's she got you covered, and that's kind of the direction she's going with that. That is correct. But anyway, so we're here tonight to discuss the case of Joan Gay Croft and the 1947 Woodward Tornado. So without further ado, let's get started. Mm-hmm. So um, Joan Gay Croft was the daughter of one of Woodward's most prominent sheep ranching families. Her parents were Olin and Cleta Croft. They had one other child, Jerry, who was Olin's child from a previous marriage. At the time of the tornado, Joan Gay and Jerry were four years and 12 years old, respectively. Okay. On April 9th, 1947, a huge F5 tornado that was part of what would later be known as the Glazier Higgins Woodward tornadoes swept through Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. The particular tornado that got Woodward traveled about 125 miles from Texas to Oklahoma. Yeah. Of that 125 miles, the tornado was at its height or at its worst was when it was in Oklahoma. Big shocker. Of course. Always. Always. <laughs> always. It feels like. Well, not so much anymore. Knock on wood. But knock on yeah. wood. Oh, my God. Yeah. We've been fortunate. I remember um, in 2020 when everything was like going down and it was like May of that year. I was like, please, we can't <laughs> have a big tornado this year. Not in the middle of a pandemonium, for the love of yes. God. Not in the middle of the panini, please. <laughs> 
like, and I was I was shocked that year. It was so quiet. Like it was. It- it has been quiet, but I've heard that Tornado Alley has been shifting, shifting yeah. which is unfortunate for people who are not the used to dealing east, yeah. with tornadoes, but mm-hmm. you know, what can you do? So my family, one time they were in Nashville for a trip and um, they were staying in this hotel and all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, this fucking tornado like hits and Shit. they didn't have any warning whatsoever because they don't do that there. Like yeah, they're not like here's your 15 minutes. Get down yeah, in the storm, chiller. People aren't like playing drinking games, watching the weather. In they're not. They're not David Payne living his Super Bowl. Okay, <laughs> yes. like they're not like go go go. It's on the ground. It's got a hook. You know, like there's a lowering. There's yes. a lowering, <laughs> and it's going back up. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, oh uh, my god. I do love Oklahoma in storm season because it does feel like a weird, like weather super bowl type energy yeah and it's just like and people think we're fucking nuts because of it you remember the day this has been several years ago now like maybe god might maybe 10 years now i don't know but um oh listen to that dog oh that's a great sound to be recording on a podcast yeah slop that water up penny (laughs) good job penny good job get that water bowl get that water bowl yeah now she's going harder can't you tell yeah now she's satisfied okay she got her treat out of the kong she's satisfied she should go lay down now (laughs) um so anyway like 10 years ago or whatever they were on the news and they were telling everybody um there was it was like this big day of weather had been like way hyped up mm-hmm. like way <laughs> hyped up like more than ever before hyped up right and like the storms had not even formed yet and they were saying things like there's imminent loss of life coming what's that okay i should not laugh. no one died <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to like laugh it's okay that, you're from oklahoma you was can... that around the time though whenever we did actually have that really big tornado go through more I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like it is so wildly irresponsible the day before it happens or before there's even a storm form to say oh. there is imminent loss of life going to happen. <laughs> was that Gary England? No, he would no, have been no, retired no, no. by I then. think it was David Payne. Was it David Payne? It was either David Payne or Damon Lane, which I think it's hilarious that their names kind of rhyme. <laughs> yeah. It was one the, of the two the in that. The bros of Twister. Yeah. Twister bros. Twister bros. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> One I mean, of the two of them. Because and I, was just I like, do God. remember that the day before that big tornado came through more and, you know, like took out Plaza mm-hmm. Towers and it took out the other school that I can't remember the name of, even mm-hmm. though I should. But my kid was actually at Plaza Towers at the time. And my kids were at two separate schools at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, for reasons unbeknownst to me, I decided that this school was going to hit Santa Fe, which mm-hmm. is where my other kid was. And I was like, oh, my God, we got to go get water. And then we're going to go get her immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, Plaza Towers was on my way back from, where was I at? I wasn't at Sam's. I was at Walmart. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, we'll just cut through this neighborhood, stop at Plaza Towers, and then we will go. And I go into Plaza Towers, and you see all these kids, like, huddled and stuff. And you're just like, holy shit. And the weather's getting bad Mm -hmm. like long before they said it was supposed to get bad Mm -hmm. because i was like well i'll just go pick them up at noon big mistake pick your kids up or don't send them to school if they tell you it's going to be bad because it's just it's just a bad idea Mm -hmm. um because it was it was really traumatic um so i get there and they're already like trying to lock down the school and stuff and they're Mm -hmm. like you can't take her and i was like you and what fucking god is stopping me because if my kid 
we're not staying here. We're going home. Mm-hmm. We're going to die. We're going to die together. And it ain't going to be in this gonna be a closet in my house. <laughs> we're all going to be together. It was, it was very rough. Yeah. I mean, I was like texting David. I was like, oh my God, I love you. You made me the happiest person ever. I'm really sorry. I was a shitty wife sometimes. Like it was, I mean, it was, rough. it was rough. I thought we were going to die. Um, and I was like, oh my God, my other kid is going to die and she's not here with us. And mm-hmm. like, I was having a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Well, none of us died, but it was really fucked up when I realized, wow, it hit the school I didn't think it was going to hit. Yeah. And that was rough. Yeah. David came home and like David is not an emotional guy, but he Mm -hmm. looked like he was like almost in tears because he thought he was going to come home and pull us out of a pile of rubble. Yeah. And that was rough. And then my kid, who I was not able to go get because the minute we got to my house, um... Everything was locked down and I wouldn't have been able to get into the Santa Fe school mm-hmm. to pick her up. They yeah. don't. I mean, it's a safety thing. I get it. Um, she thought we had died mm-hmm. because we had to walk to go get her, God. which wasn't that far from our house at the time. But like it was packed. There was a lot of traffic. Mm-hmm. And like she looked horrified. Mm-hmm. Like she was like she looked like she thought she was an orphan. Mm-hmm. And I'm like that. That was probably the roughest tornado I ever lived through. Like I never understood why my grandfather was like terrified of tornadoes Mm -hmm. until that one happened. And so like, we're talking about the 1947 tornado. Mm -hmm. And so like my grandfather was actually in the tornado that went through antlers in what was it? April? Nope. He was born in 38, but it was April 12th or 13th of 1945. Okay. Which is actually the year that my grandmother was born. And so he's like seven years older than her. And Mm -hmm. it was just a couple of days after his birthday and he was literally picked up and like thrown into a tree. Like he That's had so a, insane. He had a huge scar across his nose and one across mm-hmm. his cheek. And it was hard to see them because you know after you age and stuff, like mm-hmm. the scars go away. But he was tossed into a tree and you know, they didn't have warning systems then. Right. So he was like terrified of tornadoes. Mm-hmm. And it also picked up his baby sister at the this, time. Okay, so I gotta tell this story. Jonathan <laughs> and I are texting about this episode that we're gonna do, and she texts me and she's like, Yeah. It picked up his baby sister and like, what did you tell me? Dropped her like a town over or something? Yeah, like Like, it was like a town or two and I cannot remember the name of the town that she was found at. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That's a horrible way to die. Like, and Jonetta's like, she didn't die. She didn't die. She actually lived for a very, very, very long time that after that. That is insane to me that and she survived that. Yeah, like she was like a baby. That's what I don't know insane. how much older than my grandmother she is or if she's younger no, she would be older than my grandma because my mm-hmm. grandma was born in 45 in August. So um, so she, I don't know how new to the world she was because, mm-hmm. like, I don't – I barely keep up with my family's birthdays, like, my immediate family, right. not, like, my great aunt. Yeah. Um, but we used to go and stay with her a lot in Tongawa. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she died later. Like, she died a few years ago of cancer. Um, but, yeah, and they always used to tease her and tell her that she was adopted – because, you know, that tornado took her away. Who knows if she's the real one? And I'm like, that is fucking horrible. You shouldn't say that to somebody. Yeah. And, like, my my grandfather's family, they're all um, very native colored, even though we don't know what kind of native that they are. Because mm-hmm. back in my grandfather's day, you got the literal shit beat out of you if you admitted that you were Native American. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you could not tell that man that he was like, nope, I'm white. Don't don't talk to me. So that and only one of his brothers actually ever admitted to us that they were native. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know what kind mm-hmm. because their parents didn't talk about it because, again, whatever. But, like, my aunt, she was the pale one. <laughs> like, she was pale skin. She had pale eyes. She had pale hair. She did not look like any of them in coloring. Mm-hmm. She looked like them in features. 
which very distinctive features like and her kids look similar to my uncle's like i mean they all look related i was just like the tornado just sucked the color right out of her that's what happened yeah <laughs> so i'm sure they had a lot of fun with that telling her that that's that she was definitely like not, like she she wasn't really her yeah, yeah like that couldn't have been traumatic or anything yeah. on top of being dropped out of a tornado like into another town as a baby like that's insane. and surviving which was so nuts to me but that's so insane so uh this tornado the one in woodward was actually considered this was um one of the 10 most destructive tornadoes of all time yeah, the pictures are horrific. Yeah, kill, it killed 185 people and it injured 720. Um, the damage total from the Red Cross for Woodward for like all of the damage it did was $6,608,750. And that's a lot of freaking money in 1947. Yeah. 430 homes destroyed, 650 damaged, 925 other buildings destroyed, 975 more other buildings other than homes were damaged. Jesus. So, um, Cleta Croft, J Joan Gay's mother was a telephone operator in the evenings, but there was actually like a, I think it said there was a three day strike going on. And so they weren't working the telephone operations places. And because of that, the town wasn't able to relay the information that there's this tornado is coming. Like no one could. So nobody knew. Yeah. Like nobody knew to take cover. Like nobody was calling that anybody. Sucks. Yeah. Because I support strikes, but also same. like a lot of people died. Yeah, wow. That same. sucks. I mean, could you imagine living with the survivor's guilt if. Yeah. Like, I mean, I had survivor's guilt from picking up my kid who's my kid. Yeah. And not being able to like save other people's kids, even though I know feasibly that is impossible and impractical because they're not just going to let a stranger take rando kids. Right. But it's very They barely upsetting. wanted to let you take your kid. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's really upsetting when that actually permanently affects people. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, wow. And, you know, I mean. Hi, Penny. Hi, Penny. <laughs> <laughs> the plus side is, is that, you know, they did get a lot of good storm shelters built yes. into the schools yeah. now, mm -hmm. which is great. Um, it just sucks that bad things have to happen. So when this tornado hit Woodward, Joan Gay Croft and her sister Jerry and their parents took shelter in their home. When the tornado hit their home, Cleta, Joan, Gay, Joan Gay's mother, she was killed instantly by a wall that fell on her. God um, dang. Olin Croft sustained serious injuries and Joan Gay and Jerry sustained minor injuries. According to an article from Mary Halberg, uh, Joan Gay Croft had a pencil, the size pencil sized splinter in her calf. She was also reported to have facial abrasions and a head injury. There are other accounts, however, that say that the splinter was actually the size of a broom handle. Jesus. Yeah. So this reminds me. Um, okay. So the wall that fell. So when our house was destroyed in the 2003, May 2003 tornado, um, one wall of our house fell inward and it was the wall with the chimney on it mm -hmm. and it fell into the living room. Yeah. Onto the table where the cat had been sleeping when we left. Oh man. Yeah. And so like we walked in and we see this and we're like, oh my God, there's a dead cat underneath that chimney. Like, I, shouldn't laugh, I, shouldn't I know laugh. I shouldn't laugh either. Oh I, but when you've been through a lot of dark shit, it's okay, <laughs> like, it's okay to laugh. <laughs> you deal with trauma differently yes. whenever you've been so, through very bad things. So I'm like, oh my God, my cat's under that pile of rubble and he's dead. And like, we start looking and we're like looking for his body. And then all of a sudden we hear this little, <laughs> he fucking hid under my parents' bed and survived yeah. Like he survived and um the rabbit survived that was in a hutch outside and it flipped like five times. Oh my gosh, rabbit that's survived. A resilient 
rabbit because they're not usually that resilient okay that rabbit that rabbit was actually my friend's little sister's rabbit and when they moved to germany they gave it to us and then um it went to live with my grandpa for a while when we lived with them after the tornado it lived over there with them and my grandpa made this like enclosure for the rabbit my grandpa was like the greatest man i've ever known and he (laughs) was such an animal lover and he like made this enclosure for this rabbit and would take him ice twice a day in the heat and like just go talk to him and like girl he was a good man he was a good good man but anyway so um that made me think of that and it also made me think of um in the may 3rd tornado there was this dog that ended up at ranchwood veterinary care which was where we used to take our dogs before the guy retired that owned it and um the dog had like a sheet of glass that had gone into its back oh god but girl it survived that's insane and it was okay like oh what it was okay it lived yeah oh my gosh Yeah. yeah it was crazy um i mean it's weird to think of how much destruction can happen and then how many people actually sometimes do actually come on the other side of it like i mean for all intents and purposes my grandfather was seven years old he was thrown into a full-size tree should have died yeah he probably like i i know i'm not sustaining those injuries no i'm crying about it and dying like immediately and Mm -hmm. i shouldn't laugh because that's terrible no but for real you shouldn't survive something like like, that like that but i'm like it literally picked him up and threw him into a tree and Mm -hmm. it was i believe it was an f5 Mm -hmm. It was a destructive tornado. Mm-hmm. Most people don't survive that. Most animals don't Mm-mm. survive that. And then every now and then you just see this random shit where it's like, wow, you picked up a baby, dropped it two towns over and it fucking lived. Or you've got a piece of wood the size of like a two by four sticking through your leg, but you're alive. Like, <laughs> but you're living. Like it's, you might not be enjoying yourself, right. but you're alive. It's weird. Like tornadoes are weird. But anyway, so Joan Gay, her sister Jerry, and their father Olin were uh, then taken to the Woodward Memorial Hospital after being triaged and seeing that the girl's injuries were not that severe. Mm-hmm. The, like, she's got a broom handle sticking out of her leg, but... She might, like, just have one leg after they're this, like, but... You're not bleeding live. out. <laughs> you're not bleeding out. We're putting you in the basement. <laughs> so <laughs> they put them in the basement, which was, like, they had people waiting on the lawn. Like, oh, oh just, man. like, it was, like, this overflow of people. There were people in the basement, people in the hallways, people on Which the lawn. Which hospital was that? Woodward Memorial. And I'm assuming that back then it was not a very big hospital. I'm guessing not. I mean, Woodward's not a massive town now. Right. So, so probably not probably huge Probably not back then. huge back then. Um, and Olin ended up being admitted to a makeshift hospital at Baker Hotel to recover. So, wow. the dad he was, was separated. Because he was in way worse Yes, shape. he had serious injuries. And yeah. um, when, so he was separated from them. Um, many of the patients were being transferred to different hospitals, mm-hmm. some of which were in Oklahoma City, and that's what the staff was planning to do with Joan Gay Croft, and I'm assuming with also Jerry. I'm, I'm assuming they were going to send them both to Oklahoma City. So Jerry had injuries. Yeah, she was injured, not as severely as Joan, but she okay. had some injuries too. Um, and they they would have been placed at a hospital in Oklahoma City about 140 miles away. But the night of the tornado, Ruth Bond. Uh, Joan Gay's great aunt, she got word that Olin and Cleta had both died. And okay. so she thought the girls had been orphaned. Right. And so she's, so like, she's like, I got to get the I gotta, fuck to wor- Woodward. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I got to okay. get to them. I got to figure out what's going on. So she finds out that Olin is, in fact, alive. Okay. Um, but Cleta has passed away. And she goes to check on the girls at the hospital. And at midnight on April 10th, uh, Joan Gay was last seen laying on the floor. 
So, like, she was laying down on the floor, I guess, because they didn't have a bed or whatever. Right. That was the last time she or was like, seen. Like, no cot, just yes. bodies in the floor. So, the next day when Ruth came, like, she... Why are you laughing? <laughs> I mean, because I was thinking of that stupid song. But the bodies <laughs> in the floor. Oh, my God. I'm going to hell. Girls, okay. I'm driving the bus. <laughs> driving the bus. It's okay. So, yeah. So, she's on Sorry. the floor, like, laying there. That's the last time that they saw her. Okay. So, then... Um, Ruth comes back to the hospital the next day. Jerry's there, but Joan is gone. And she was like, like, she just up and fucking disappeared. Yeah. She's just gone. And Jerry, uh, later told everyone that two men came downstairs wearing khaki work clothes with a company logo on them. The men approached Joan Gay and took her away. She cried as they went saying she wanted to stay with her sister, but the men didn't listen. A staff member stopped the men before they left the hospital with Joan Gay. When the staffer inquired as to what was going on, the men said that they were taking her to another hospital to meet up with some of her other family members. They left with Joan Gay, who wasn't ever seen again. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and really sad. Like, because think about it. This man has been severely injured. He's lost his wife. Mm -hmm. And he's lost his daughter. Essentially in the same tornado. Yeah. Yeah. And the really fucked up part about whenever someone goes missing is... There's no closure. There is no closure if there is no body. Mm -hmm. Because if there's no body, you always wonder, well, maybe they're still alive. It's always a question mark. Always. Yeah. And I know that's horrific because, I mean, I would much rather not find a skull. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. That would like kill me. To always wonder like I yeah. think that would I think I don't know I, I don't know that's it's horrific to even think about um yeah and because things were so chaotic with what had happened with the tornado you know like there's this huge disaster there's damage there's injuries everybody's kind of running around like not really knowing what's right going on. they don't like, they don't know their ass from their elbow in those situations exactly everybody's just trying to you know stop bleeding like everywhere right right so anyway that's a lot of death yes that's a lot of death and so it, because of that, it wasn't until a few days later when things started to settle down that people really started to panic about her being missing. Yeah. So that was, you know, like yeah, three. in like a state of shock yeah. for a while, like trying to survive, trying to make sure oh, yeah. that everybody's like not bleeding to death, mm-hmm. getting everyone patched up. Finding I mean, places for people to stay. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. I can see how in that situation it would be extremely easy to like lose a kid especially because that also seems really specific of a person to take uh, yes and especially <clears throat> it um also because their plan penny i don't think you need to look outside dude penny just raised the blinds up with her head to look outside you don't need to be doing that um <laughs> so because they their plan was to send her to oklahoma city right so, there was some so probably whenever they heard that they were yes. like some people, which makes me wonder it's like were these people actually like working at a hospital did they understand how this worked like i mean that but also it seems extremely purposeful to take her yeah like one person like no other kids went missing correct mm-hmm. right so we'll we'll get to that here in a minute because there's some theories about like what happened and um Anyway, there were three unidentified child victims of the tornado, and Ruth Bond was actually asked, her aunt, her great-aunt Ruth was asked to go and identify one of the children because they thought it might be Joan Gay. But when she got there, she was like, okay, that's definitely not her. Okay. Um, she was and like, now I'm, she's a great-aunt. Yeah. This is back in, what, 47? Mm-hmm. So 
pictures aren't necessary. I mean, but she sounds like she's from an affluent family, so she probably does have pictures. Mm-hmm. They probably have sent pictures to yeah. the aunt. So there's a good chance she did know what she looked like. Well, also, she's sitting there with her sister in the hospital. Yeah, but sometimes you don't necessarily look like your sibling, especially if you have two different moms. But I'm saying Jerry would have known that it was her. That's true, but are they going to ask... Well, it's 47. Yeah, they're going to ask a little girl to identify her dead sister because they didn't yeah. have no compassion but or I mean, empathy. I mean, so, <clears throat> so anyway... Uh, so there were these three unidentified victims. They realized this was not her, but those three bodies are still unidentified. Um, Cleta Croft's family was looking for Joan Gay, and Olin Croft joined the search when he was able to as well. They tried talking to the doctors and staff that were there that night as well as the family doctor, and nobody had any idea where she was. And that's kind of when they started to be like, Okay, where the okay, fuck so is she's not in Oklahoma City. Where the hell yeah, is she? Like, where is she? Yeah. So the, they tried to get the FBI involved. The FBI did not initially want to get involved. They were like, there's no evidence that there was a kidnapping. Um, even though Jerry saw two men take her forcibly oh, against oh, her but will. But she is clearly a touched little girl in the head. Exactly. Like, they're not listening to a hysterical no. woman. Okay? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm sorry. Was my rage <sighs> showing? No, girl. My rage is always showing. It's always showing. It's like my slip. It's always showing. <laughs> so, um, hundreds of miles away, and two months later, a small girl was found behind a bar in California. A man walked out of the dance hall in Weed, California, and found a blonde little girl near, near the dumpster. The girl had been badly beaten, and because of her age, they thought she might be Joan Gay Croft. And for, ultimately, though, it was found out that the little girl was Mary Jane Medlin. And not Joan Gay. And Mary Jane Medlin was a two-year-old. And her mother and her mother's boyfriend were later charged with assault and intent to commit murder because they wanted to get rid of her because they already had uh, three other children and four was too many. Yeah. Dark times, Harry. They got 20 years in prison each. So. Oh, that's it. For murdering a little girl. I mean, I guess that's better than nothing, but. Mm. Yeah. So in September of 1993, uh, Unsolved Mysteries actually did a feature on Joan Gaycroft's story. You can go watch it on, I think, is Unsolved Mysteries on? I don't know if the old one is. Is the old one on? Yeah, it's on something. I, I think it's on Netflix. It's Netflix, okay. Netflix or, or Hulu, Hulu or, or something. Whatever. Google it. Yeah. You'll find it. Yeah. So you can go watch it. Um, that was September of 1993. And I think you can look it up and even see like the minute timestamp of when the story starts. But um Anyway, uh, many women have come forward, like... Claiming to be her? Yes. Okay. And none of them have been able to be proved to be her. Okay. Um, There are a couple theories, or a few theories, about what might have happened to her. Um, One of them was that Joan Gay was misidentified and had actually died in the tornado. That theory was floated around the city in the early days after the tornado, but it's likely impossible because Joan Gay was seen by her aunt in the hospital and by Jerry. Like, they both... Okay, so she had seen her even before she went to identify the body. No, I think, she, I don't know when that happened. Okay. That must have been like. She must have, or she had seen her recently. She saw her before she went to identify the body. Yes. It would have been before. Okay. Because well, she just Because, I mean, that would be my thing is I'm like, I mean, it's 47. Yeah. Not everything's, not that I'm like, mm-hmm. no, she didn't get kidnapped. I mean, I guarantee you bad shit happens during right. all kind of stuff. But, um. Okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But, you yeah. know, I mean, my thought is, is like back in the day, older aunt, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, maybe she didn't know what she looked like. But again, her sister would know. And yeah. her sister saw two men take her. Yeah. And other people verified that these men existed. It wasn't like yes. she was having a fever dream from yes. being thrown around in a tornado. Like, people like there were hospital have... employees that yes. saw these men leave with her. So 
that's corroborated. Yes. Um, so another theory is that she was kidnapped by those two men. According to Mary Hallberg, some people believe her kidnappers had been watching her for a while and then finally saw their opportunity to strike in the chaos of the tornado aftermath. But several online spectators put forth another, uh, very interesting theory. According to them, Olin Croft may not have been Joan Gay's biological father and her real dad organized the kidnapping after learning that her mom had died. My only thought about that though is he would have had to have acted so fast. Like, number one, you don't know when a tornado is going to happen. No. Number two, he would have but had again, to. If they're watching him or if they're that's watching true. her. That's true. And okay. that's an opportunity. Because like I said, that seems extremely organized. Yeah. Like dressed mm-hmm. or, I mean, you know, it's some kind of really weird. We're just going to kidnap children who we think are affluent and mm-hmm. try to get money out of them yeah. or out of their family. But he never got a ransom note. Right. The only thing to me about that is like, they would have had to been so organized to pull that off. But I mean, it's a, it's possible. Organized it's possible. crime did exist in the forties girl. Yeah. So it did. But anyway, um, Games of New York taught us that. <laughs> yeah. So another theory, according to a medium article by Heather Monroe throughout the 1940s, a woman named Georgia tank procured babies from hospitals and orphanages. She sold the children to wealthy people for a lofty sum. Although Georgia Tan, Tan, not Tank, sorry, I mistyped that, uh, worked primarily out of Tennessee, other baby brokers existed and sought out pretty little children, such as Joan Gay. Everyone who knew Joan Gay described her as an exceptionally beautiful and well-behaved child. Even so, she would have been an unusual target since her family had money. Child traffickers typically stole or bought babies from poor families. The Crofts weren't rich by most standards, but they were far from impoverished. They weren't desperate for money. Right. Yeah. Right. So they probably wouldn't be. Like, I mean, but baby brokers were a big problem. Like we're still seeing kind of the after effects of that. Like, um, oh shit. What is the name of that documentary that I watched? Are you talking about the one where it was lady that was like selling them to Catholic families? Yeah. Yeah. The nuns. Yeah. The Bon Secours nuns. Yeah. Literally hundreds and hundreds of babies that came to mother child homes because these were unwed Irish mothers and you know, mm-hmm. you just weren't an unwed Irish mother because you were supposed to be a good little Catholic and you know, mm-hmm. keep your virgin, your maidenhead until you were married. Yeah. So, um, God. So yeah, like all of these babies and I mean, and they operated, they operated for a long time. And so there's a lot of babies that, like, the adoptions are very shady. Um, these families had to cough up a significant amount of money, like $5,000 mm-hmm. in 1950 to 60. That was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. A lot of money. Uh, one, one girl that was on it, or woman that was on it, she was talking about how her her adopted father, he only made like 5,000 a year and he wasn't impoverished because that was a lot of money back then, but he only made how much it was required to literally buy her Mm -hmm. from nuns. Mm -hmm. That's so insane. Well, you know, the church has always done really good business. Yeah. Um, and it's all tax free. So selling (laughs) babies, Free business, tax free baby, tax free baby weekend, <laughs> and you know where there's money and power, there's always corruption. Yeah, and there's always people willing to take advantage of an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And who knows, maybe someone paid to have that kid specifically. They could have, they could have, and it could have been like a, a trafficking thing. Like they were yeah, like, she's like, pretty, she's, she's pretty, and I want her to be my daughter, or mm-hmm. 
Worse. Worse. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to think about that, but yes. Um, and there was also a theory because they did have, a, they weren't like impoverished. They had a little bit of money. They thought that maybe they were kidnapped. She was kidnapped for ransom. There are a couple reasons that might be unlikely though, according to Heather Monroe. So first, Olin and Cleta were both listed as dead when Joan Gay was abducted and the Croft home was destroyed. So it's, it's like, maybe they thought she was an orphan and they were like, Hey, again, Mm -hmm. back to trafficking this kid because she doesn't have parents. Right. Yeah. 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 And this is the reason that ransom was unlikely though, because it's like, who's going to pay the ransom? Like her parents are dead (laughs) and you know, she's an orphan and and her house is destroyed. So that makes it also a crime of opportunity. Exactly. Because, and her sister would have been too old to have adopted into a family and because you take a kid young enough, Mm -hmm. they don't really have memories. Yeah. So you can actually be like, Hey, I am your mom. Mm -hmm. Hey, I am your dad. Mm -hmm. Hey, whatever. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. brainwash them essentially into the, believing this new life. Mm -hmm. She is pushing that chair like she's laying on her back, pushing that chair. Um, so All this, you know, 23 and me shit. We'll find her eventually. OK, here's my whole <laughs> hair. OK, tangent time. Here's my whole thing about that. 20, 23 and me uh, ancestry.com. What the fuck ever? You're going to spit in a little tube and they're going to tell you all the people <laughs> that you're related to. I don't want to fucking know. No kidding. I've Period. watched enough baby God. I don't, I don't want to know. know. I don't want to know. I look just like my dad and my mom, but also like my luck. I'm going to find out my dad was out hoeing around. I got all like these 20 other, other sisters and I don't want to know. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't want a connection with them. I, got, I like, got enough friends and I got enough family. I don't need any more. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like, I know the story of my family. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you fucking that up. Thank you. Exactly. I don't want to know. I have no desire to know. There is nothing. There is no mystery you could present me with that would be all the, good all enough. the serial killers in your family are going. Woo! Yeah. They're all like they're they've, they've been sweating bullets up until this episode came out. No worries, serial killers in my family. No worries. I got your back. (laughs) I'm covering for you, fam, because I don't want to know. Because I don't want to know. I don't want to know any dirty little secrets that haven't been passed down to me. Like, that's just, like... I don't want to traumatize myself for no reason. No, because I know of people. Like, I know stories of people that... People who know people I know that have told stories that are like... Yeah, I found out I ha- my mom wasn't actually my mom, and I've been living down the road from the woman that was actually my mom for the last 50 years. That's insanity. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's shit like... <laughs> like I, w- I would be pissed. Because- I, would, I don't want my life destroyed like that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You're like, I don't want to know that I was really adopted. Yeah. Which, funny story, when I was I little, wanted to be adopted I when I was to, little. No, I used to k- tell my mom I was convinced I was adopted, uh-huh. probably because we did not get along. Yeah. And I was like, no, I I'm I was absolutely adopted. adopted. And she would, like, cry that's hilarious that's apparently a mean fucking kid and um if you get my newsletter you've already like heard this story but i wrote a newsletter about it not that long ago but when i was a kid one of the most ridiculous things i ever believed was that i i've told you this right yeah i can't even i can't fucking believe i'm about to tell this on the podcast um so when i was little i watched a lot of tv i watched a lot of (laughs) x-files like I had a very overactive imagination. That mental illness was brewing. <laughs> like it was a lot was going on in my poor little five, six year old brain. Excuse me. I thought my parents were like <laughs> these giant rats in human suits. <laughs> and so, so I would like 
creep Making up. Making my behind, weeds cough act up. Girl, I would creep up behind my dad while he was like watching 60 Minutes and I would like look in his hair and be like, is there a zipper? Like, it's, girl, it was, oh my God. And my dad would be like, what are you doing? Like, why are you messing with my head? Like, what are you doing? Excuse me. But yeah, so I, yeah. And I was convinced that like they were aliens and had like taken me from my real family or something oh like and then I went through a period where I was like, man, I wish my parents were divorced like everybody else's parents. Oh, my God. That's so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. I felt left out. But <laughs> everybody's parents were getting divorced. And I was like, <laughs> it was, I was a fucked up little kid. But anyway. Um, Don't make me laugh, girl. I'm I was dying. like, four Christmases, sign me up. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, uh. <coughs> so anyway, and another reason that the ransom thing is unlikely is that why wouldn't they have taken Jerry too? Like if they, if they were going to ransom That's the kids. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it just. Um... Like why wouldn't they have taken two kids for the right. price of one? Like, <laughs> you know, they could get more money. Um, and so there was a writer for the Woodward County Journal uh, whose name was Robert E. Lee. Uh, who was writing articles about the Croft disappearance in April of 99, he received an email from a woman claiming to be her, though she spelled her name Joan Gay, G-A-Y-E with an E. Uh, she claimed both sides of the family knew where she was at all along, and she was raised in Oklahoma City for the most part. Lee asked for more details, and he got the following response. Mr. Lee, I know this time of year there are many people who crawl out of the woodwork claiming to be the lost girl, but I was never physically lost. My immediately f- immediate families knew where I was. I just didn't know who I was. Until just lately, I never faced the fact that Cleta Croft, my mother, died upon <coughs> me. Hey, really? Seriously? <coughs> okay, I buried... God, I'm sorry, keep coughing. Oh, you're fine. I buried this information deep within my long-term memory and refused to accept it. If you want to know the rest, email me. We'll arrange to meet in person and discuss the details. I propose we meet at Penn Square for the first meeting. <laughs> I would like to meet in public, but not publicly and without photos. Please let me know a time and date convenient for you. I am on the internet most Monday, Wednesday, Friday between <laughs> 9 and 10.30 a.m. As to compensation, I would prefer none. Yours, Joan Gaycroft. And when he reached back out to her, never got a response. So. She was murdered. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, you know too much. It's time to it's time to end this girl. Yeah, exactly. Apparently she was talking too much. But yeah. Huh. So it remains a mystery. Unsolved. Yeah. yeah. An unsolved mystery right here in Oklahoma. All the time. Yeah. Anyway, that's about all I got for you guys on uh, Joan Gaycroft, the missing tornado girl. There's a whole bunch of articles you can read on Medium that people have written about her, and there's a lot more information than what I was able to cover. Um, thank you for being here, Jonetta. Do you have anything you want to plug? No, because I'm okay. afraid I'm going to start coughing my brains out. Oh, girl, I understand. <coughs> I was I was in a bad way last night. My allergies were driving me crazy. Yeah. Um, you guys know where to find me, at Irioki on Facebook and Instagram, the Irioki's face- group on Facebook, and Podcast at gmail.com or Marnie at Irioki.com. Thank you for all of your support. Y'all stay spooky. Ah.